Welcome to the EBPL podcast, brought to you by the East Brunswick Public Library. My name is Melissa Hosick and the Adult Programming Librarian, and I will be your host for today's episode. We are known as our community's living room, and today we are helping spotlight one of our teen clubs and their own podcast. I'm joined by members of the East Brunswick Writers Coalition, Navia Swally, Jaden He, and Shreda Bardwaj. Thank you for stopping by for this episode. Thank you so much for having us. I'm yeah, I'm the founder slash president of the EB Writers Coalition. I'm Jaden He, and I'm the vice president for EB Writers Coalition. I'm Nabia Swali, and I'm a member of the podcast portion of the EB Writers Coalition. Can you tell us more about the EB Writers Coalition and how it all began? I first founded it in August of last year as a way for teens to come together and write about, voice their opinion on different important issues that are occurring all around us, whether it's related to politics, science, health, just social service, the library, volunteer work, anything and everything on our website. We've published a bunch of articles that have been written by our members. And we will continue to post new articles once the 2021 to 2022 school year begins. And we are currently looking for more members. What does the coalition specifically focus on in the writings? And I believe you also have a podcast. Yeah, the coalition works on lots of things like Shreya touched on, writing articles. We create short stories. We publish an anthology. And we speak on podcasts, which are aired on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and many more streaming services. We use all these mediums for the express purpose of giving teens a voice to advocate for important issues in our society, which is especially important since our generation will be the next group of people to lead our world. Could you tell us more about the episode that you're sharing with us today from your podcast, Writer's Call? The episode we'll be covering today is our latest episode, called The Positive Aspect of GMOs. This episode is based on an article that Shreya wrote for the EB Artist Coalition, and she thoroughly researched various websites and established her main point about why GMOs are not, in fact, as terrible as certain companies make you believe. And it is one of the many episodes that we've been working on that address issues like this and provide a new point of view on it. And that's why this episode is the one we chose to highlight because it is a perfect example of what our podcast is trying to achieve. Well, I'm definitely excited to be listening. And if someone wants to learn more about the group, how can they reach you? If somebody wants to join our organization, they can email us at evwriterscoalition at gmail.com. On there, we can respond to questions and we can give more information about our interest meeting. We have a meeting coming up on August 24th for new members for the school year, members eighth grade and above. And more information will be available on the library website about that as well. If anybody has any questions, they can always reach out to the youth services or team librarians and they can direct you to us. Navia, Jaden, Shreya, thank you again for joining us for this Spotlight episode. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Hey there! If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. 
Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Writer's Call. Your host for this week's podcast is Navya. Joined by Avery, Jaden, Shreya, Saksham, Nayana. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the positive aspects of GMOs written by Shreya Bhardwaj. As always, you can find the article that we'll be discussing today on our website, ebwriterscorrelation.wixsite.com. Be sure to check out some of the other articles that we have written as well. So to begin with, GMOs refers to genetically modified organisms. It's a very sci-fi concept that first appeared in the 19th century. It has left scientists intrigued and polarized on the topic to this day due to its issue of safety. To quote the article, the true purpose behind genetic enhancements is to be able to design a perfect product, which requires scientists to take the gene for a desired trait in one plant or animal and insert it into a cell of another plant or animal. Particularly, GMOs have been used primarily in the agricultural and medicinal sectors. The use of GMOs in agriculture has often been portrayed negatively by the media. However, GMOs have been extremely useful in preventing the loss of crops. Genetic modification has made food more accessible and affordable. The Philippine Department of Agriculture also conducted field trials with golden rice, a positive venture that we will elaborate on later. The usage of GMOs in biopharmaceuticals has also been widely accepted. Extensive research has been conducted on the use of GMOs and collectives such as the FDA and Global Health Organization have overseen it. GMOs are becoming increasingly important as we move into a future where food and medicine requirements must be met on an unprecedented level. So today, we are here to bust the myth behind GMO usage and prove to you that they really are beneficial to us all. The first thing we need to discuss is that GMOs are not as bad as people think. And there's many examples of that. Anybody want to go ahead and say one? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that there's a stigma around GMOs. And then when most people hear GMOs, they automatically think that it's a bad thing, that it's like it's going to lead to um, a lot of mistakes, I guess. But GMOs are, they can actually be very helpful. Like they can help food be um, developed in more in places where it's harder to grow food and that way more people can have access to this food and it can help more people not stay hungry. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. Does anybody have something else like something more specific too? Another like specific thing that GMOs like are like beneficial for for the environment is like I mean and like people too is like the golden rice in the Philippines because like a lot of like Filipino children were like becoming blind because they were uh, vitamin A deficient, and the like the use of golden rice, which had like beta carotene in it, which is like a precursor to vitamin A, basically meaning that if you if you intake in uh, golden rice, you'll be able to like make vitamin A in your body, and then like your vision will improve. Like that was definitely a viable solution, but I think the Filipino government shut it down. Shay, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I was going to say that 
the golden rice trials were actually they were instated by the Philippine government um, to help like how you mentioned their population, especially children were um, becoming blind as a result of lack of vitamin A. So they started these trials, which um, proved effective over the years. However, it was ultimately shut down by anti-GMO organizations and just due to the hype about the media that, you know, GMOs are not good for uh, people to consume, which was an action that the scientific community definitely like condemned altogether. Also, GMO foods, um, they're easier and less costly for farmers to grow, which makes them cheaper for the consumer as well. So they don't have to spend as much money you know, purchasing their groceries. And GMO techniques may also enhance foods, nutrients, flavor, and appearance, which I don't think anybody would be against because we all want our food to taste better. Yeah, GMOs have like a lot of benefits when it comes to helping crops and um, medicinal stuff be better than they can be. Like if uh, we were to cultivate them naturally, and it can make them more resistant to diseases and more um, better for us to consume, I guess, and healthier even, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think like another example of this is like we've been like really like modifying organisms, like not, like I would say on the uh, molecular level to like on that level, like for as long as like hunter gatherers have like transitioned into just like living in communities with like maize cultivation and stuff. Cause like corn wasn't always corn, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is beneficial and it's been a while, it's been around forever. and no one's really opposed to corn so maybe it's just like people might be against like how rapid people like um foods are modified I guess because like I guess corn can be seen as natural in a way since it took like forever to cultivate into what it is now yeah I guess it's like scary that it's happening all so fast because we're used to kind of like sci-fi movies being like, okay, this is going to be the end of the world when we start modifying stuff and making it too much to our, I guess, even in like science classes, we've been discussing how much of a big impact humans have on like the environment. And this is just kind of like a fear that we're modifying, modifying it to a point where it won't be able to like survive without us. Maybe, I don't know. It's, it's just an irrational kind of fear, but also, it's like perpetuated by the media and stuff um but yeah it has been around for a long time like if you take the example of dogs I remember seeing like a um a video about how we basically conditioned dogs to um change from their ancestors to become what they are today like uh cuter dogs are more favorable in like old times like cuter dogs were able to survive more and um, that's why we have very adorable dogs right now compared to dogs before who didn't look as adorable as um, they could be. So it's, it's been around for a long time, for sure, yeah. I definitely agree. I think uh, GMOs are a lot more common than people think. It's also really common in soy, it's common in corn, as Jaden mentioned, and also in milk, um, canola, which can be used to make oil and stuff. So I think a lot of people are so against GMOs without realizing that they still consume GMOs every day. And also uh, GMOs actually 
can be very good for the environment because they reduce the use of pesticides, which I'm sure, as we all know, is not good for the environment. So yeah, to elaborate on Avery's point, most of the GMO crops that are grown today were, as like people have said, um, developed to help farmers you know, produce more crops while they're preventing crop loss, which was a significant hurdle in the fight against hunger. And um, the three most common traits of these GMOs were being resistant to insect damage, tolerance to herbicides, and resistance to plant viruses, which was really beneficial for their um, like crop sustainability. So their harvests, harvest, uh, when they went to harvest the, um, the food at the end of the season, it, uh, like the crops wouldn't die off due to these different um, aspects of just uh, farming. I thought it was really good that um, like the farmers are able to get the crops and everything. And another good thing is that like now it's like a lot cheaper in a way you could say. And like people are able to buy it a lot more in like more quantities. If you want a statistic about it, over the last 20 years, GMOs have reduced pesticide applications by 8.2% and helped increase crop yields by 22%, um, allowing farmers to plant GMO crops to help preserve soil, conserve water, um, and reduce carbon emissions. Um, so it comes to show that GMOs actually are really beneficial due to the high yields and more efficient growth they have. Um, and plants and animals become resistant to certain environmentally specific pathogens and insects, which reduces the chance of losing a crop to disease since these GMOs are tailored for specific environmental conditions. Yeah, that's all. That's all amazing, fantastic stuff that GMOs can do. And um, GMOs is not only limited to like agricultural stuff, it's actually being used in the medicinal field too. And it's been pretty beneficial there. If anybody wants to talk about that. Yeah, um, in regards to like how it's used in like the healthcare sector, um, one, of the art, one of the examples that the article provides is that um, insulin is now being made through um, recombinant protein technology. Uh, synthetic insulin is now being made to keep up with the demand um, for the number of people that are um, increasing, increasingly becoming diabetic and in need of insulin. Uh, so that would really help sustain the demand that is out there right now and is only going to get worse um, in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, crop biotechnology, it's contributed towards reducing the release of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and basically what we get from that is less fuel use and um, additional soil carbon storage. Which shows like, now that biotech has become a field as well, it's also being, it's also including agriculture. So, I don't know, it makes me curious about the future. Like 50 years later, um, will our food change? You know, will we have, I don't know, vegetables that last an insanely long amount of time? Who knows? But as technology improves as well, um, so will agriculture. 
Uh, to like go back to Navia's point, how sh um, she was mentioning that there are other um, medicines that are produced synthetically with the uh, like assistance of GMOs. Another example of that is the recombinant hepatitis B vaccine, which was produced through GMO technology and has helped um, millions of people across the world become uh, immune or like increase their immunity against the hepatitis B vaccine, which is um, its uh, symptoms can be uh, fatal at times. So that is another example of how it's been used in the um, medicine sector. Yeah, GMOs are definitely being used to treat a lot of diseases, such as through gene therapy, and it includes skin cancer and malaria. So with these, using genetically modified organisms, scientists can derive cures for certain diseases or solutions. And it also helps reduce the amount of use of animal testing because there can be a problem with using animals to test for diseases because it can be a moral issue. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's about time for us to all discuss the moral obligation, the moral part of um, the usage of GMOs, because I guess that is the main point right now. We, we can clearly see that GMOs are extremely, extremely useful and organizations like the World Health Organization and centers doing private research on the matters, as well as the Center for Environmental Risk Assessment, they've all concluded from all kinds of studies and they've compiled them and they figured out that, okay, GMOs don't actually harm us. They don't have any difference in nutritional content, or even if they do, they it's, it's negligible and um, they don't change allergic responses or undesired side effects. None of that occurs with GMOs. But is it, is it all right for humans to modify living organisms around them as much as we are doing right now? I think for the future of like humanity, right now there's like an overpopulation thing we're going to there, like, I, I've i heard that, like, we won't really exceed a certain number of people after some time, but there's, like, food shortages and stuff that needs to be addressed, and, like, I guess I'll bring up, like, plants, because animals are, like, another loaded thing, but plants aren't really, like, like, they're, sen they're not sentient, so I think that we can modify them, even, like, as rapidly as we are now, because in the end, it will help our species, which is like kind of our goal in these in GMOs. In regards to animal testing, I really don't think that it's ethical to test on animals, even though it is done just to just predict the repercussions that would occur for humans. I feel like a good way to avoid that would be using genetically modified organisms. Um, but there are also uh, there's just like a whole stigma around it, which I believe the media has helped create that stigma. So um, there, like how Jaden mentioned, there's no like easy answer. Um, I think that it really is just like time is going to tell uh, what is better. Uh, we've talked about like a lot how GMOs are like really helpful. And I agree with all of them, like biomedical, pharmaceutical like work and stopping like food shortages. They're good for the environment. And they also protect it and us. But I kind of want to like 
discuss along with an obvious question like the moral implications of GMOs like why are people against it like yes the media is like stigmatizing it as well like occasionally I think but like then again like why are they against it too like it can't just be fear-mongering mm-hmm. yeah it's probably not just fear-mongering it's also like probably like some there's a worry that GMOs might be toxic or they might be much different than like naturally produced food. And even now, if you go outside and buy products, they usually have like labels on them, like, oh, this doesn't use it, by the way, in case you were wondering. And I've always wondered, like, why why do we feel like it's um, so wrong to use this? The Center for Environmental Risk Assessment actually has... Um, a GM crop database that compiled various journals and it can be searched by the normal public to find a better information about GMO crop history, style of modification and regulation across the world. And they've considered risks regarding toxicity, any dangers to organ health, mutations, um, and the potential uh, for the transfer of genes to the consumer before um, creating like um, this database of sorts that could really help people uh, cement their opinion on the matter. And what what I believe about it, uh, I guess, is that GMOs are extremely, extremely helpful. And they can only, I think scientists should only conduct GMO-based experiments with the aim to help people. They should not be done for the sake of I guess, further experimentations to push the limit of science, but rather to only as long as they can help people and have like a direct, um, very urgent impact, I guess. I definitely agree with that. And I think there are a lot of different reasons people might be wary to eating um, GMOs. One of the major ones is general fear of the unknown because they know that people have been eating like organic foods for millions of years since humans existed, but these GMOs are something new. And even though uh, scientists may say, oh, it's completely safe, um, it hasn't, I guess they don't think it's been in use for long enough so that they can cement the fact that it's safe and so that they're certain. And I think that's a reason why a lot of people are um, more reluctant to try GMOs because they're afraid of what it might do. Also, there's like another aspect to the whole like, uh, hate against GMOs as well. I was going to expand on Avery's thought that there's like a general fear of the unknown. It's similar to how there are is hesitancy towards vaccines and other kinds of things where because you don't know like what's going to happen. With GMO, like how we mentioned earlier, there ha- people have been doing it for like centuries, but only like specifically research has been conducted since like the late 19th century and that hasn't been long enough to convince people and I guess like um, solid enough evidence to convince people that it is like completely safe to do. So in general, there was going to be, there is probably going to be hesitancy um, to consume GMOs as well. But then there's also like a whole like money market behind it too, that it's easier to make people, um, you know, hate something. And the fact that like GMOs are, they tend to be like less expensive and everybody and then the media just adds more fuel to that. Um, I feel like that is another aspect to that too. Yeah, 
I guess people are also worried that they might become dependent on like GMO, genetically modified food rather than normal food because it's uh, genetically modified food can sometimes be more nutritious in the sense that it provides more than um, normally occurring food would. I know that GMOs are really helpful and the products that have GMOs, even though they're cheaper, they're cheaper because it costs us to make them. But like still, like natural foods, like foods that just have like the label like all natural, no GMO, like they're pretty appealing, not gonna lie. Like just like the word natural, I think for me. And then like GMOs is like genetically modified, like that's already not helping the case if people want their like people want to know exactly what they're putting into their bodies, then yeah, I think that's why they are against GMOs. And also going what like going back to what Shreya said before, like with like the vaccines, like I might be going a little bit off topic here, but like it's like the same thing with the COVID vaccines and why people aren't like opposed to it because like Avery said before like fear of the unknown you know you don't really like know what you're putting in your body and there's really not been a lot of research I mean well there has but it's been like such a short period of time that people don't really like know really like, I don't think they know what they can trust and like I guess for like GMOs like they're usually modifying an organism so that organism is like the baseline but for vaccines and like COVID there's really like not a baseline for that since like they're completely artificial yeah I, I was just gonna say that the name genetically modified um when people think of that um like you know that something's been changed in what you eat and it kind of I don't know if it's off topic but it reminds me of like processed food because in the same way people are like oh yeah that's unhealthy um and that's gonna lead to like I don't know obesity or something um, because it's been changed so much from its original form. So I think people have a misconception towards GMOs that they've been altered so much from their original state that they're not good for you. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that because like whenever I hear that genetically modified, I immediately think of like glowing bunnies from that one Sherlock episode. So I guess it doesn't really help that those are the kind of images that come to people's mind when they think about GMOs. But also to summarize, so we think, so we've generally kind of agreed that fear is one of the reasons people really don't like GMOs. The name itself sounds very much like, okay, this should not exist. This should be part of a sci-fi movie, not in real life. And yeah, media has made it like that. But we also agree that GMOs can be very, very useful. And um, scientists have to be careful when they use GMOs. Uh, we thank you for listening to Writer's Call. Welcome to Writer's Thank you for joining us for today's episode. You can enjoy our previous episodes by subscribing now using your favorite podcasting app. To learn more about the East Brunswick Public Library, visit our website at www.ebpl.com. Dot O-R-G.